You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. It's your daily TCU podcast. And this is going to be fun. We have uh, an exciting guest on the line with us today, Sean Coleman, who hosts Locked On Grizzlies. And uh, it's a great listen. And TCU fans, you should be listening to Locked On Grizzlies because we got a guy that's really playing well in Desmond Bain. Um, and Sean's here with me. So, Sean, first I wanted to ask you, we were talking a little bit before we actually started rolling here, but, um, you know, I, I said, like, TCU is not typically a basketball school, so this is kind of a new experience for a lot of us, having a, a first-round pick that's playing well. How much did you know about Desmond going into the draft process? I know selfishly a lot of uh, Metroplex fans here in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area were hoping maybe he ended up with the Mavericks. You know, it looked like he was going to be sort of a bottom-of-the-first-round guy. So was that someone kind of on your radar going into the draft? And, and what was kind of your initial reaction when you saw the Grizzlies picked him up? No, and pleasure to talk with you and all your listeners. Thank you so much for having me, Stephen. It is a joy to host Locked on Grizzlies with exciting as this young core is. I did not actually have him on my radar when I was doing my pre-draft profiles over at Locked on Grizzlies. And the reason why is because I didn't think that we were going to have a chance to get him. Like we had the number 40 pick in the draft. And so I'm thinking, okay, we have a very creative front office. They love to trade. I'm thinking we may make a move to get up into the first round. But uh, some rumors that to come out a few days before the draft that really seemed to indicate that is we had another guy in mind in the Mavericks Tyrell Terry and I know you as a Mavs fan you know you've come to you know know a little bit about him obviously from Stanford so the idea of getting Bain I didn't really think of it I thought we'd go after someone of his profile but I thought that Terry would probably be the guy that made sense and so we're sitting here, you know, just looking at the draft happen, looking at the draft happen. And I don't know how familiar you or your listeners are, but there is um, a, 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 a duo um, of, of Mavs folks who do um, the Blue Hardwood podcast, uh, Lauren Gunn and Brian Zylum. I've come to know them uh, through a, a, a app called the Locker Room app. And so we went back and forth, and there's actually a recording of me when I saw the Grizzlies trade up and I knew that they were getting bang before Dallas could, and Dallas was going to be there to get Terry, I was ecstatic. And mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how, just how sincere that optimism was. Number one, it's the name Desmond Bain. I mean, I don't know how much fun y'all had with that name, but it's just a perfect name for a villain. And you also have a big Batman fan in myself and the name Bane. I'm sitting here loaded up with memes, gifts, saying just everything you could possibly think of for Twitter. And that's even before you get to the tape and you come to realize just how unbelievable of a shooter he is coming to a team, one of the teams over the past two decades, who has needed shooting more than anybody else. So on so many different levels, just so much excitement, and he's done nothing but, you know, it, it obviously validate that excitement and then some in his time with the Grizzlies. And you mentioned the shooting, and that's been fantastic. Uh, and he's off to a nice start. So he got the start last night, Sean. I know uh, just kind of watching you, you on Twitter and looking at that box score, maybe a little bit of a slow start, but seemed to, you know, hit some shots and round into form a little bit against the Raptors. Is, was that just a, him, him starting, was that a kind of lineup tweak thing? Was that an injury replacement? Or is this something you could maybe see more kind of moving forward, depending on how, uh, you know, things are going with the Grizzlies? 
As of right now, it probably was more of just it was a hand forced because of the Grizzlies' limitation when it comes to their roster. Obviously, some well-known names like Justice Winslow, Jaron Jackson Jr. are names that aren't available right now. But also, we just it seems like it, almost every single week we have those two already out, but then we have another one or two players who are out due to healthy and safety protocols, lingering injuries, whatever it may be. Right now, it's Anthony Melton and Brandon Clark. And so knowing that those two are unavailable and the Grizzlies – struggle the Grizzlies starters coming into last night's game were last in the NBA in terms of shooting threes this season and you have Desmond Bain who arguably is getting off to one of the best starts in NBA history when it comes to shooting three for a rookie it just was a natural experiment to see and so Taylor Jenkins decided to do it Desmond Bain said he found out early in the day that he was going to be starting and you saw immediate dividends the Grizzlies coming into last night their starters were shooting 28 percent from three they started eight for 15 from three in the first first half with Desmond Bain contributing three of his own and so it was just a very nice addition to the Grizzlies lineup that you could see some potential you know really emerging I think they may stick with it at least for now I think long term you can see him potentially taking Dylan Brooks's place especially if Brooks continues to struggle however I do think that right now it's more of just because of what they have available he's starting then they're fully committed to starting him long term. But I would be excited to see what he can do when we finally have Jaron and Justice back. Because having Jaron and Dylan supporting Jonas Jaw and Justice, or Desmond and Jaron supporting uh, Jonas Jaw and Justice, so many J's on the on the floor at one time for the Grizzlies, it's going to be a fun lineup. So there's a lot of potential there, even though it may not be something they're fully ready to commit to right now. That's awesome. And when he when he showed up on campus as a freshman, you know, his job really was he was just a shooter. And that was what they asked him to do. They had a veteran team, you know, around him. And uh, as he continued through his career at TCU, he became a more complete player. His senior year, he really put it all together. But I, I was just skeptical, Sean. I didn't really know if at the NBA level he could step in and make plays off the bounce. But when I see highlights, like he is, like that shooting is his best asset. But are you seeing a more complete player than maybe you expected? Because I'm seeing him cut to the hoop, you know, make some tough finishes in traffic from time to time. I've just been impressed with the fact that he's kind of hit the ground running as, as more of a complete offensive threat so far this season. Correct. And off the bounce, you know, that is something that certainly is a part of his game that many thought he may be limited in. I think that that still is the case with it, with the size that he is, the type of body type that he is. It's just naturally going to be a bit harder for him to do that than it's going to be for other lankier, better athletes, you know, who, who have the ability for the fast twitch moves and things like that. Not saying Bain cannot do that, but on a consistent basis, it may not be there to the level that you would hope it would be. But where he makes up for that, Steve, and is his intelligence and the fact that he is in a system that prioritizes spacing and just finding open pointers for a team that gets into the lane. The one thing that helps Bain overcome maybe a bit of a limited ability himself to create his own shot, though he does have a pretty good step back move for his game, is the fact that playing with John Morant, Tyus Jones, and others who are such good playmakers, their ability to pass and set up shooting with Desmond Bain's intelligence as a move shooter to set up catching three opportunities, it still basically makes the same difference. And I'll tell you this, Stephen, I, like I told you before we started the podcast, Mike Miller may be the closest person that I can think of, but Desmond Bain is up there as being one of, if not the most automatic shooters I've seen in the history of the Grizzlies. I've said it before, you know, I've said it 
basically at the first week of the season. He, I feel as if he is one of the best natural shooting talents this franchise has ever seen. And it just, there, there's just no doubt left in your mind when he gets an open three, it's going in. My conversation with Sean will continue in a moment, but first I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the most delicious protein bar on earth. Actually, the other day I got a shipment from Built Bar. They were uh, giving us a new flavor, testing out a new flavor, and it is delicious. It is chocolate, brownie, coconut. Uh, It is rich. It is filling. It's fantastic. And what I've been doing lately with Built Bar is I've never been a huge breakfast guy, and especially now that I have kids and I'm taking them to school and you know, getting out the door is just always an adventure. Um, I, I'm eating less in the mornings than I probably ever have before. But the great thing about Built Bar is it's convenient. I can grab it, and it's 180 calories. It's good fuel for my body. So it's it's a really good thing to eat in the mornings to kickstart my day. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and get 20% off your next order. Give it a try today. Again, that's BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On. Try out their new flavor, chocolate brownie coconut. It's delicious. BuiltBar.com. Here's part two of my conversation with Sean Coleman. We're talking Desmond Bain and the Grizzlies on Locked On Horn Frogs. Yeah, that's high, high praise. And we're talking with Sean Coleman from Locked On Grizzlies. You can follow him on social media at StatsSAC. That's his personal account. And then at Locked On Grizz is the show account. We're talking about Desmond Bain and how he's fitting in as a rookie with the Grizzlies. And Sean, before we got on, I was kind of saying I, I've always sort of enjoyed this Grizzlies team. Um, I know this is a different version than what we saw with like uh, Mike Conley and Zach Randolph and those guys. But it, it does feel like Memphis and that organization, um, even though they've gotten away from that grit and grind era, have a, a pretty specific culture. You know, they're going to work hard. They're hard-nosed. Um, how do you think Desmond kind of fits in? Because Memphis does seem like the type of place that really embraces guys that kind of make up for maybe, you know, being a little limited in certain areas and, and becoming the best players they can be. They want high character, high intelligence, high energy guys that they know can make the most of the talent that they have. Potential and projection is so awesome in the NBA. But to do that, you got to have a lot of other things. You got to have the want to. You not only have the desire to work, but you know that through putting in the work, it's going to make it better for you in the long run. And it's the production as well. And Desmond Bain, that's what stands out about him. He's such a wonderful guy as well. Anytime that we get the chance to talk to him, he's so wonderful. Just his perspective on things, a very mature perspective wise beyond his years you see that with Xavier Tillman you see that with other players like Kyle Anderson you know even you know John Morant being just you know 21 and a half his mentality is beyond his years as well so Desmond Bain fits right into that mold you see it on the court you'd asked me previously about you know kind of how his game has evolved he's really picked up on things you saw in the second and third week of the season if his shot was not there he was able to create off the dribble to get to the rim he was able to get on the fast break and create some opportunities as a facilitator and a finisher he's being able to drive and cut a bit more and on defense he's picking up his assignments getting good stops as well as contributing to some turnovers that is a byproduct of how quickly he can pick things up and how passionate he is to keep working at his craft the same reason why he's become such an awesome shooter is the same reason there's such a high faith in him 
to not be one of those guys who, yeah, he's a great shooter, but he takes away from it because he doesn't care about other parts of his game. With Desmond Bain, he wants to be as good as he can across the entire realm of what he offers. And so it's not just him being a shooter. It's him being able to add value elsewhere that not only will keep him on the court, but keep him valuable to a team that certainly, you know, values players who put in a lot of effort to be the most they can be. Well, looking at the Grizzlies as a whole, I know they're 9-10 right now, and they're in that 11 spot, but uh, it's still very early, and the West is kind of jumbled up for that last playoff spot. They were in the bubble last year and, um, you know, made a push for the playoffs. What do you think the ceiling for this team is? I know they have a, a good young core. Where, where do you think they could go if things kind of break correctly for them this year? Yeah, I, I think that, just in all honesty, um, the inconsistency, I think, is going to be a bit too much to overcome. Um, it's just, you know, we play so well for an extended period where we had that seven-game winning streak, but now we come back and have this four-game losing streak, and, and we're giving up threes, you know, at a historically bad pace when it comes to the franchise. We've, we're probably over the past 10 days the worst team when it comes to giving up threes. So we're just going – you're just going to see, unfortunately, you know, there are going to be times when there are fatal flaws when it comes to this team. And I think they'll be in – you know, the conversation about a play-in game, but unless they get some of the, you know, things, you know, the ship righted in a few areas, if they can't do that, it's going to be able, it's going to be hard for them to overcome. Hopefully we can hover around 500 until we get Justice Winslow and Jaron Jackson Jr. back. That's going to be exciting to see. But the overall thing besides winning and losing, Stephen, to be honest with you, the players want to make the playoffs. They're fueled by not being able to make it last year. We all want them to make the playoffs as well. But this also is a season that is basically full of hopes on house money is the best way I can describe it. Last year, we exceeded expectations. That's allowed for this year to be, if we make the playoffs, great. If we don't, we get better potential, you know, opportunities and assets. So there's really no bad outcome when it comes to this Grizzlies team. So while you certainly want to see them win, you certainly want them to make the playoffs, I think that it's going to be a bit harder of an ask than we were feeling like it would be two to three weeks ago. But at the end of the day, the main thing is we just want health. We want the ability to see how all these guys can do together and see some of the concepts that we're really excited about, like Xavier Tillman and Brandon Clark, you know, being a, a duo as a defensive front court off the second unit, and then also potentially having the shooters like Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr., you know, playing with playmakers like John Morant and Tyus Jones. I think more than anything for me personally is just seeing this team at full health and seeing what they can be capable of with all their young talent at Taylor Jenkins' disposal. And final thing for you, you know, we were discussing earlier a little bit about Desmond's game. Is is there anything specifically, you know, you're looking for to see if he can improve on throughout the year, or is it really just more about him getting more comfortable in his role and in, in with the team dynamic as the season goes on? Of course, we want to see certainly, you know, his continued improvement of recognizing defenses and being able to get his shot, you know, the, in the first two or three weeks of the season, the defenses were seeing what we what he can do, and he started nailing his shots. He proved that if you leave him open, you're going to pay. So the defenses, you know, especially right before our pause in the season between January 18th and January 30th, they were starting to adjust to him. So his shot was not as open. But coming back, you've started to see him work through, you know, the different, um, you know, 
formations that defenses throw on him and things such as that, the different options that are out there and finding the soft spot to find the three. So the continued improvement as an intelligent movement type target when it comes to shooting, certainly want to continue to see him. He's, he's certainly improved from the corner. So his overall ability to shoot the three has expanded. He was very good above the break for about the first month of the season. But since they've come back for their hiatus, he's shooting a lot better from the corner. But also just in general as a defender, just continuing to see him improve. He has the ability to be a soft especially when it comes to players who are trying to do stuff on the um, in the mid-range or, or guards who want to post up. He has the body to guard them, cutting down on fouls a little bit, getting some stops, but just continuing to see his ability as a shooter, and if that's not there, adjusting to where he can become a three-level scorer. Those are the areas I'm really hoping to see improvement in. I certainly have, and I have nothing but excitement to see that he'll continue to improve in those areas to hopefully become a starter for us in the near future. Sean Coleman. On Twitter, he's at StatsSAC. You can find the show at LockedOnGrizz. And, uh, of course, LockedOnGrizzlies, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever it is that you like to listen to pods. Tune in, hear uh, Sean talk about the Grizz and this fun Grizzlies team. Sean, I appreciate the time today, man. Thank you. Not a problem. Not a problem. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. We'll wrap things up on Locked On Horn Frogs next. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we wrap up the show, let's talk betonline.ag. They are your online sportsbook experts. If you want to make sports more interesting, if you want to make some money off this thing that you love, that you obsess over, go to betonline.ag. They have all the latest tips on the best way to gamble. They have the latest live lines for college basketball. They're a really useful resource with college football season in the NFL, but of course that is just wrapping up and coming to an end. BetOnline.ag also has sports news, so you can find out the latest injury reports, what's going on in the sports world. It's a one-stop shop. Use the promo code LOCKEDON when you visit their site and you can get a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag. Final segment here on Locked On Horn Frogs Daily TCU Podcast. And I did want to say um, before I continue here and close up shop, right after I recorded this with Sean or shortly after I recorded that great se- or, you know conversation about Desmond Bain um, with Sean Coleman from Locked On Grizzlies, I get on Twitter and I see that uh, Desmond lost a family member recently. I believe it's either his grandmother or great-grandmother. I know his great-grandma and great-grandfather had a huge influence on his life in raising him, and his great-grandfather passed away earlier this year. So prayers to Desmond's family. Um, I, I just I didn't want to talk about Desmond Bayon for 20 minutes and not kind of mention what's going on in, in his life and encourage our Horn Frog family to pray for him and lift up his family as they're going through a difficult time. Because as me and Sean said, uh, Desmond, not only a great basketball player, but just appears to be a really great person and a really great representative of what TCU embodies and strives to be. So um, I hope the Lord comforts Desmond and his family during a time of grief. Uh, no easy transition from that into basketball talk, but let's break down the TCU men and their game last night. They get a victory over Iowa State 79-76. to Iowa State remains winless in conference play. And uh, if you didn't see the game or didn't know, Mike Miles did not play in this one. He had an illness. It is not COVID-related. That was according to Colin Post. I believe he had the scoop first. He writes for uh, TCU 360, and the student newspaper there, and did a nice job getting that story. But Mike Miles was out against Iowa State with illness. Not sure what his status is for this weekend against Texas. Obviously, you hope he can get back on the floor as soon as possible. But I will first say, 
Um, Iowa State is not a good basketball team. I understand that. They are 2-12 and after that loss to TCU. But I am not going to complain about any sort of victory when you don't have your best player on the floor. This was a team effort by TCU to get the job done on a shorthanded night. And I think they did what they could with what they had on the floor, and they grind out a win, 79-76. to It was tied at 38 at halftime. Um, TCU obviously had a slight edge in the second half. They did not lead for a lot of this game. You know, kind of took the lead finally with about four minutes left and were able to stay in control. Uh, but even at the end, had a bad turnover on an inbounds pass, and Iowa State had a pretty clean look to tie the game. They missed it. And then they did not foul, allowing the clock to run out and TCU to get out of there with a win. But nonetheless, they hold on and get it done. And I wanted to give a shout-out to a couple different players in this game because, um, you know, R.J. Nimhard was the dude tonight. He had 20 points. He had a huge dunk uh, to tie the game late in that one that I, I feel like gave TCU uh, a little bit of a boost late in that game. But a couple players that showed up in a big way for the Frogs tonight um, Taryn Todd, who got the start this evening, or I'm recording this on Tuesday. He got the start on Tuesday. You're listening to it on Wednesday. And Taryn played well. He had 11 points. He hit 1-3. Um, that game almost got away from TCU in the first half. They were down by nine points about midway through the first half. Uh, Taryn Todd and Taryn Frank, the two Terrans, were able to get the Frogs back in the game. Um, with some big shots down the stretch to tie it at 38. And that was huge because they were down by nine at one point, and Iowa State kind of kept a seven- or nine-point lead for a number of minutes there in the first half. It looked like that thing might get out of hand and out of reach, but those guys stepped up. Uh, Taryn Frank hit a huge shot late in that game. TCU was up three, and uh, they had the ball with under two minutes left, and Frank caught the ball on the perimeter um, he could have shot a three. There was a guy closing out on him, but he pump fakes, takes a couple dribbles, and then knocks down a mid-range shot. Just a really smart veteran play by a guy who hasn't been able to get on the floor much this season. Uh, I was super impressed with his ability to step up. The Frogs played good defense. You know, They fouled way too much tonight, but they were able to rally and get things done. And I just – I mean, I think overall – you, you can't be anything but proud of this group and proud of the effort that they displayed um, on Tuesday night. I know Iowa State is a bad basketball team. I understand that. But TCU's ability to get the job done was fantastic. So kudos to the Frogs for grinding it out, getting a victory on a on a tough night in a game where they didn't have everything going. And, again, Jaden Ledee, he had a huge offensive rebound late in that game, a, a layup to um, – extend the lead for TCU. So he has been a, a big boost, has given them quality minutes uh, the last few games down the stretch. He was huge again on Tuesday night. So TCU, they now have four wins in conference play. They're 11-7 and seven on the season. Um, it seems like they are slowly getting better. And today was probably a little closer <laughs> than you would like. Um, but you get the job done. You get a victory. And, uh, again, Taron Frank, he had zero points on the season. He walks in tonight and scores uh, scores eight and had some big buckets down the stretch. Big day from him. Big day from Kevin Samuel as well. It was a all-around team victory for the Frogs tonight. Yes, it was not a very good basketball team that they were playing, 
But if you lose that one, I mean, any this team, I don't think they have much of a chance in the postseason, but any slim chance you had goes away if you lose to Iowa State and they're able to find a way to get a victory. I'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Horn Frogs. Thank you to Sean Coleman for joining me on today's show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.